Welcome to the Impact this week on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. No Grant Needham in studio today. Just me and my buddy Marco Polo. Busy show lined up for you. A lot's happened since we were last on. The Impact failed to win not one, but two games. We'll break it all down with Rick Moffat in just a few minutes. Impact defender Vendre Lefebvre joins us at around 8.30. And the original number nine, Grant Needham, will chime in before the end of the show. You can chime in yourself in a number of different ways. You can tweet me at Joey Alfieri. You can tweet the show at Impact This Week. You can call us 514-790-1690 or you can text us at 11690. An interesting week for the Impact. Disappointing result. I know a lot of Impact fans heartbroken about the way last Saturday went down. Reopener at Stad Saputo. TFC, the rival, comes into town. And I don't want to say the Impact no-showed, but TFC parked the bus with a great deal of success. They shut things down. No room for Piatti. No room for Drogba. No room for anybody. And uh, the Impact end up losing 2-0. And uh, then you're expecting them to uh, bounce back in a big way in New York City yesterday night, Wednesday night, right here on TSN 690. And that didn't exactly happen. They end up getting a 1-1 draw, but pretty much didn't create anything offensively until the 90th minute. And uh, a man who got to take in both games... Uh, the Toronto game and the New York City game for TSN 690 is Rick Moffitt, and he joins us via telephone right now. Rick, you're uh, fresh off a plane from New York City, correct? Hey, Joey. Yeah, trip back uh, this morning, and uh, you know what? The impact were delayed taking off for LaGuardia on Tuesday. Uh, you could argue they were delayed showing up at Yankee Stadium. No kidding. Uh, because uh, for almost 90 minutes, that was... Pretty lackluster at times. Uh, but you know what? You use the phrase park the bus, right? That strategy that TFC used, just hanging back and making sure they totally shut down. Well, you know what happens when you park the bus in the Bronx? you got to go jack the bus. And that's exactly <laughs> what the Montreal Impact did. NYCFC, they couldn't sit back and wouldn't sit back quite the way uh, TFC did. They looked like they were still running and gunning for a, a second goal to put Montreal away. And the impact stole a point, and they know it. And you know what? I love the mood around this team because some of the guys suggested to me the previous four years of the Montreal impact, you know, as recently as a year ago, this club probably would have lost that game. But this is a different bunch, and you can call it the arrival of Drogba, you can call it uh, Coach Biello's effect. Uh, the honest answer is combination of, of that, plus a whole bunch of other things. The way this team has built a real spirit and a character, I think, for the first time in its MLS history. So that's what I was going to ask you, Rick. Just the way back, the flight back, obviously you travel with the players. You got a sense, is there a little bit of concern after back-to-back performances like the ones we saw? Well, in a sense... You know, look, that tactically, obviously, they've got issues. Uh, you could argue that uh, there are some personnel issues, too. And I know fans were very angry uh, last night, I think, even more so than the loss against TFC and really starting to question 
and doubt whether this team is good enough uh, to to win the East and to to really drive deep into a playoff run uh, for the MLS Cup. Uh, big questions because NYCFC, let's let's agree, is not a terribly good club. They've got some great players via. You know what? Uh, Maro Biello put it very succinctly to me uh, while we were in New York. He said, the way Via plays in MLS reminds him of a young Marco DiVaio in Serie A. And David Villa, wow. we saw him last night at one point, <laughs> turn Lono Sima inside out. And it was only through that uh, no-quit uh, approach that uh, Sima brings. You know what? He was, <laughs> it was like... He was so embarrassed that Via got around him. He just absolutely snarled and fought back into the play and broke it up. But Via was flying. Uh, Pirlo was masterful at times. And and there were just all the struggles, mostly through the midfield of the Montreal impact. And, and that's an area of concern. And uh, now Coach Biello has tried so many different combinations. And I dare suggest we'll see another combo of midfielders, maybe even a different formation altogether come Saturday. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri in studio. Rick Moffitt via the telephone, fresh off a plane uh, from New York City. Uh, Rick, I guess uh, they have no choice but to change things up because uh, right now they're going down like flies. We lost, you know, The Impact, uh, we saw them lose Alexander, Eric Alexander on uh, Saturday against Toronto. Now Marco Donadell leaves with an injury. Uh, the the back line is is decimated. I mean, the the depth is really going to be tested here going forward. Really tested. Uh, Alexander is probably the closest to coming back from uh, the other walking wounded. Uh, look, uh, Donadell uh, has struggled to to get fit and stay fit, and it's unfortunate because he came to camp this year uh, much better conditioned. Uh, than he was a year ago, and so it's really disappointing for him. And and I think more than some of the others in the midfield, really brings an element of uh, combativeness uh, that say uh, Becker, Alexander, and Bernier uh, don't necessarily bring to that extent. Uh, but uh, and I was really interested to see with the with the change. You know, we've seen them go four two three one most most of this season, and then. Last night, a switch in New York. I think a recognition that things just weren't working right. So Donadell at the bottom of a triangle and uh, Becker and Bernier hoping to get more involved in moving forward. But that just didn't happen. And and I'm still not sure why. That Bernier and Becker just didn't seem to get enough touches when they did get the ball. Uh, They didn't seem very decisive with it. Uh, and, And everything was a struggle to get something going offensively. And then in the second half, it was really only with the insertions of Oduro and Antivero uh, and added speed. And we must say Harry Ship because Ship's been kind of wavering in his performance level the last few weeks. And I thought Ship was very good and, and got right into the attack and helped generate some scoring chances uh, in the uh, 10 to 20 minutes before the impact pulled off that set-piece miracle. And Rick, are you at all concerned? Because to me, uh, you know, talking to Drogba when he had his media availability last Wednesday, uh, he told me uh, that going looking ahead to, to the Toronto game, maybe not 90 minutes. You know, he told me, you know, I, I'm ready to start, but not 90. And you find yourself down 1-0, and you have no choice but to go 90. So you lose at home. 
So that kind of makes the game in New York City a little bit more of a not must win, but must get a result. So you have to go Drogba another 90. Now you're looking at Saturday, you're back home, you can't lose at home again. You might need Drogba to go 90 again. Is, are you at all concerned about the minutes he's logging? Well, I look at it the other way. If if he could play 90 against Toronto and 90 against NYCFC, then he's he's much closer to uh, the fitness level that he wants to be at uh, than we suspected. And that uh, the knee, which swelled up uh, in the first few weeks of the season, uh, is definitely holding up because otherwise they wouldn't have risked it. And it was interesting because at a certain point last night, I saw Salazar take the warm-up penny off and thought he was coming into the game. And, and then Grant noticed, no, Andy Vero had almost as if uh, the little Argentinian had kind of snuck ahead of the rookie Salazar, uh, who's kind of a big-bodied uh, striker who Drogba's been uh, staying after practice and, and trying to mentor and, and really hone his skills. Uh, Andy Vero you know, was there and, and jumped on first and, and immediately showed some flashes. Here's another guy who's back from some injury trouble. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised come Saturday to see Ship back in there to start the game, Auntie Vero to start the game because Venegas once more seemed to struggle. Uh, but without Donna Dell, uh, you have to wonder where does Coach Biello go in the holding midfield? I suppose that Alexander is an option. I'd give Bernier uh, another shot, and, and that leaves Kyle Becker kind of uh, sitting there in limbo, a guy who we've seen uh, with some nice touch when he's gotten forward, uh, but that's only been in rare glimpses, and a guy who is not just not as physical as a Donadell, certainly, or even as physical as a Patrice Bernier can be. He's the voice of the Montreal Impact on TSN 690. Rick Moffat joining me, Joey Alfieri, on the Impact this week. Um, Rick, one guy I really liked, and I've really liked even going back to uh, the Chicago game, and I'm not saying this because he's going to be joining me at 830, but uh, Vendre Lefebvre has done really, really well. Well, Grant uh, went against his own rule and made Dominic Oduro the man of the match last night on our post-game show. Uh, but I thought uh, Vendre Lefebvre and Maxim Tissot deserved honorable mentions because for big stretches of that game and for Von Drill Lafave, it was from the get-go. Uh, he was, he and Max Tiso were being tested and Lafave in the first 30 minutes, I'd say came up with three exceptional plays to uh, come up with takeaways, snuff out threats in the uh, final third as New York attacked. And, and I thought that was a real silver lining for the Montreal impact. The the depth on the back line being tested with Donnie Toya, the little spark plug still out with Asun Kamara, uh, the big lanky Frenchman still uh, bothered by injuries, and uh, Cabrera, you know what, he'll be available again, and it's entirely possible that Cabrera gets back to a starting role, but uh, I like the work of Vander Lefebvre, and, and I thought he looked very comfortable alongside Laurent Sima. Rick, I know the players don't like it, uh, we're just talking about the uh, the field, the Yankee Stadium uh, experience. Uh, just the dimensions of the field on TV, it looks really, really weird. Uh, I know the players don't like it from the broadcaster's point of view, live from Yankee Stadium. How is it? <laughs> you know what? It's so impressive to walk out onto the field or uh, even into our broadcast booth up behind home plate. We sit in the uh, visitor's broadcast booth for Yankees baseball. 
at Yankee Stadium. But that means we're, you know, all the way when you consider that the net uh, in the first half that the Bush defended, for example, was down the right field foul line. And we were sitting well up behind home plate. And then you consider that the other net is a way out almost to the left field warning track. Uh, it's a horrible vantage point uh, to watch a soccer game uh, as broadcasters, but it's just such a unique setting. Now, more importantly for the players, once they're out on the pitch is it's a narrower track. And, and I, and I wonder, I know that the impact we're really hoping that, you know, a young go and Venegas can, could build some chemistry uh, going high and wide up that right side uh, as they attacked and they just weren't able to be very effective. Ayongo showed some flashes, as he always seems to, but couldn't get things going uh, effectively. Uh, Max Tiso didn't seem uh, to be uh, pressing forward as much as we've seen when it was, you know, uh, Kamara or Ayongo. We've seen in some recent games where uh, both the backs got up and stayed up uh, very consistently. Uh, in this game, it was uh, Youngo who was more adventurous, but again, it was it was not so much uh, rewarded. But the Yankee Stadium experience, you look around and you say, wow, really cool to be here. Uh, but in the final analysis, uh, just glad to be back as soon as Saturday in the cozy confines of Fortress Saputo. Rick, do you have a few more minutes? We've got to take a break, but uh, I'd like to talk about Saturday's game if you have a couple more minutes. You got it. The Impact will see a familiar face when Colorado comes to town on Saturday. Eric Miller makes his first visit to Saputo Stadium since the trade that saw him go to the Rapids. Did the Impact give up on Miller too soon? Rick and I will talk about that when we come back. This is the Impact This Week on TSN 690. Near post side, header flick, goal! Dominic Oduro ties it up and breaks into a dance step. Beautiful service from Drogba. One all at the 90th minute. Can you believe it? Stop the run. No, I couldn't believe it. After uh, the offense, uh, the offensive flair or lack thereof that the impact showed. This is the impact this week on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. I will be back at my usual post patrolling the sidelines this Saturday. Montreal Impact, Colorado Rapids. Uh, as many of you know, I was a little under the weather last week. Not happy to miss the Derby. Uh, between uh, Montreal and Toronto, but I will be back. Pre-game show at 3, kickoff just after 4. We've also got a, an hour of post-game coverage, so pretty much uh, impact all afternoon long right here on TSN 690. Uh, another man who's going to be on the broadcast with me, he's going to be calling the game, is Rick Moffat, and he's uh, he's gracious enough to stay with us. So, Rick, uh, before the break, we uh, I teased uh, Eric Miller and uh, talking about him, uh, the Impact obviously uh, invested a fifth overall pick in this player, and they decided to, you know, have him around for a couple of years. He played sparingly, and uh, they decided to ship him out of town to Colorado. Uh, now, with the way the injuries are shaping up, it looks like they could have kind of used them. Well, it's interesting because Eric Miller, I thought, was the young man who showed a lot of promise, uh, and uh, when Frank Clopas. Uh, was here and uh, Miller came out of the gate. There were some injury troubles and, and he played uh, fairly soon into uh, his debut season and maybe was thrown in over his head. I think it's fair to say at times uh, he certainly didn't have a whole lot of opportunity uh, to be uh, mentored, but he was 
uh, surrounded by some quality players too. Miller, I think, was going to be a guy who could get forward and ultimately uh, should be a player who can pitch in as your club moves forward. So when the Impact had the opportunity, for example, uh, to acquire a player like Amboise Oyongo, it's clear that Oyongo is a much more serious threat moving forward. And so in that sense, I think Miller then became expendable. A tall but a lean build, so not going to be a physical guy to play center back. And if you've got more dangerous options uh, and the happy feet of a of a young man like Oyongo, uh, well, then you become expendable. But it does seem odd, doesn't it, Joey? When you think of the long line of first-round draft picks, uh, the impact have dealt away uh, before any of those players made any lasting impression on Impact fans. Well, I think Andrew Wenger got a fair shake, Rick. I mean, we saw what Andrew Wenger was. We knew what he was going to be. And I think when that trade went down, you know, I don't know about you, but I wasn't complaining that the Impact got Jack McInerney from Philadelphia. Uh, Romario Williams, I got to see him a little bit with uh, FC Montreal in the USL. He's still a little raw. Um, you know, who else was there? I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else the impact let go. Well, but... you go back to uh, the little speedster Blake Smith. That's right. Blake Smith was a seventh overall pick. The only thing we remember about him was his uh, somersault after That's his right. first career goal, right? And I think, you know what, that's maybe the only somersault uh, we ever saw at uh, Stad's yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, but there's a long list now. Of, of first round picks, of top impact picks, who've been shipped away, and and you know what? It's it's at a certain point, I think the impact for long term success, they're going to need the homegrown talents to be fitting in, and you're going to need success in the draft. Remember, over the next few years, MLS is going to continue to expand. Another four teams committed to in the next few years that's right say as many as eight teams uh over a a medium term so there's going to be a lot more jobs in mls who's going to fill those will it all be a high price talents from overseas not necessarily there are going to have to be some bargains you find homegrown talent and u.s college ranks and so the draft in some respects will become all the more important as expansion uh, you know, widens out the talent pool. And I, I think it's important to realize, Rick, that they also, by trading Miller, uh, they freed up a roster spot, right? And then that, that allowed them to kind of take on Harry Ship, I guess. Well, that's true enough. And uh, and Ship, you know, is, uh, is not a whole lot older uh, than Eric Miller. So this is a guy, Ship, too, who's still got upside. He, he's been a decent point producer. For the Chicago Fire, he's in a much better situation now when you consider he's surrounded at any particular moment by the likes of Drogba, Piatti, and uh, Dominic Oduro. And uh, as I say, I I won't be at all surprised to see Ship uh, Oduro. It's going to be interesting. You know, uh, Grant was musing last night on the postgame show about, you know, how to get the best out of Piatti while you still recognize that Drogba is your your main weapon up top. And uh, as far as Grant's concerned, that means moving Piatti back into the uh, central attacking midfielder role, as opposed to on the wing, as he was last night. And then it's been kind of 
unusual to see Ship and Piatti shifting back and forth from that central role to the left wing. Rick, don't tell Grant, but uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Rick. I'll see you on Saturday. I look forward to it, Joey. Glad you're feeling better. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Rick. Rick Moffitt from uh, TSN 690, the morning show, play-by-play voice of the Montreal Impact as well. Previewing, recapping uh, everything that's kind of gone on here in uh, in the last week, impact-wise. I'm Joey Alfieri. I'll be back on the sidelines. Like I mentioned before, we've got a full day of Montreal Impact soccer, or a full afternoon anyway, of Impact Soccer. As uh, We will be jumping on the pregame show at 3, kickoff just after 4 p.m. And we've got the postgame show. Uh, game will end around 6 o'clock. We'll probably go from about 6 to 7 o'clock with the postgame show. Vendry Lefebvre has seemingly grabbed a spot in the starting 11. How does he feel about his most recent performance in New York? We'll ask him when we come back on the Impact This Week. Welcome back. Impact This Week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you. Marco Polo, Master Control. Always pushing all the right buttons. And uh, it is the Impact This Week, Marco. But there is a ton going on in the world of sports here. As uh, Game 1, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals were about 9 minutes into that one. Still no score. And uh, there's also the NFL Draft. And the top three picks of the NFL Draft have now been made. And uh, if you're interested, it is quarterback Jared Goff going to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Another quarterback, Carson Wentz, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. And now defensive end from Ohio State, Joey Bosa, going off the board to the San Diego Chargers. But that's enough of that. Because this is the impact this week, after all. We're going to talk impact. And we've got a very special guest on the line, Vandril Lefebvre, defender for the Montreal Impact. Vandril, what's going on, man? I'm good, I'm good. What about you? Hey, not bad, not bad. Uh, interesting game last night. Uh, I don't, a little disappointed by the amount of chances you guys created, but I thought defensively, um, you four really got it done, especially uh, yourself and Max Tiso. I thought the, the two academy products, you guys did a really solid job locking things down. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. You know, uh, yesterday was uh, was uh, was hard for us offensively. We we had a maybe trouble, you know, to uh, to adapt ourselves to the field. You know, it's a special field there. It's it's hard to uh, to figure it out on the on the spot. But yeah, defensively, I think first half we were really compact. We played a solid game, and uh, and yeah, maybe it's unfortunate that we 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 didn't we didn't keep the same thing on the on the second half because maybe we uh, we create uh, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, how can I say that? We didn't. We weren't more compact, as compact as we were in the first half. So we we suffered a little bit, but you know we find a way to uh, to get that point at the end. That's the most important thing. Uh, Vandril, I mean, just watching on TV, it looks extremely, extremely weird. I can't even imagine playing on that pitch. Is there any way you can prepare for that? And what's the toughest part of playing on such small dimensions? Uh, maybe we need a, a baseball team in Montreal, and maybe, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it'll be easier to adapt ourselves to a baseball field. No, but honestly, it's hard. It's hard because you know there's spot on the field. It's not the same type of grass. It's also grass that that goes in different direction, and the the way the line are built uh, when you compare it to to the stands, it's really weird. You have to be on the field to really understand how how hard it can be to uh, to figure it out, but. I mean, it's the same for every team that that comes here. So we have no excuse, and maybe we we 
And I think, you know, especially after uh, playing a poor performance like we did against Toronto at home, we should have done better, that's for sure. But, you know, that's soccer, you know, you, you, can, you can say what you want before the game, the reality is on the field. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri in conversation with Impact defender Vendril Lefebvre. Uh, watching the game yesterday, Vendril, it's uh, apparent to me that uh, David Villa still got it, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good. He's moving all around the, 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 the pitch. You know, he was drifting a little bit more, on the, shifting a little bit more on, the, on my side, on, the, on, the, on our right side, you know. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's good at everything, you know. He's smart. It's, uh, it's really tough to... Uh, to take care of. And how about Andrea Pirlo? I know it's a guy there's been a lot of controversy there, but obviously sharing the same field with him, um, what do you appreciate about his game and uh, what have you noticed about his game that kind of, you know, he's a special player, obviously? I mean, one word for me, class. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, it's class. Uh, everything he does as, as a purpose, everything he does, he does is class and, and well think, well thought. I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely a good experience. I mean, for me, it was Maybe a little more special to face David Villa because I had to face him, you know, during the whole game, 90 minutes. Uh, it was one v one battle against him. Yeah. It was obviously harder for me to uh, to take care of him, but yeah, Pirlo, you have to be aware of that that pass. You know, he can he can he can do it on uh, over a second, and uh, it's behind you, and it's too late. I got to tell you, man, um, I saw your 90 minutes with FC Montreal that you played. You played really well there, but jumping into the situation where you jumped in in Chicago where you had to come on because of an injury, and then you kind of are inserted into the starting 11 on the road. I mean, your game just seems to, tra- you know, you transitioned perfectly, and you didn't miss a beat. How would you stay so prepared? It's, it's my job, you know. It's, I mean, in my, I say my, but it's our job. You know, when we, when we don't play because for whatever reason, it can be performances, it can be also because since the beginning of the year in my position, you know, Victor and, uh, and, uh, and Laurent was, has done great. So I didn't play, but my job is to stay focused. And the thing is that, you know, it's my fourth year now in the impact. I know my game. I improved a lot over the, the especially maybe last year. I, I improved a lot. And I'm really confident about what, what I can bring to this team. So when, I'm, when I go on the field, I know exactly what I can bring. I know exactly what I have to do. And, and the way I prepare myself, you know, uh, d- during that week, I knew, I knew I was going to play against Villa. I watched some clips of, uh, of him. I watched some clips of the, of the, of the team and, I know exactly what I'm about to face. Uh, in terms of preparation now, Vandriel, I mean, it's a really condensed week. I mean, we're talking about three games in eight days. You mentioned that you watched tape on on uh, Via and on New York City. Today's your off day, I guess, quote-unquote off day. Uh, did you watch tape? I mean, how are you preparing for Colorado in such a short amount of time? Yeah, to be honest, I, uh, I'm not going to lie. Today was a day off for me, so we... We went back. We went back in Montreal. It was uh, early in the afternoon. I, I took it easy. Uh, I went to the restaurant, you know, come. But now, about Colorado, we'll 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 have to talk tomorrow, you know, with the coach. I guess they have a, a lot of uh, clips to show us tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be different. You know, they don't have a big star. They don't have big names. They're, they're a team, and so far in the since the beginning of the season, they're they're a good team. Uh, they're a good team, and uh, and we'll have to be ready because you know, point at home, it's really precious. He's the impact defender, Vendril Lefebvre, joining us on the impact this week. Um, Vendril, I know you and Laurent Simon very tight. Uh, you guys are often poking fun at each other and uh, yelling at each other, squirting each other with water during practice and stuff like that. Um, how much does that off-the-field friendship, relationship help when you're slotting in next to him at center back? 
Oh, it helps a lot. You know, uh, the relationship we have uh, we have off the field helps us on the field to be really honest towards each other. That's the most important thing. You know, when we step on the field, it's professional. We have to do. We're paid to do a job. We have something to do, and uh, and I mean, we're honest. If he has some, if he has to scream at me because uh, because of whatever reason, he's gonna do it. And and even me, you know, if I see something that he's not well uh, well positioned or whatever, I scream at him and I tell him. Frankly, this is how uh, the relationship is based, and this is why we have success. You're listening to the impact this week, TSN 690. Vendre Lefebvre enjoying uh, his off day. So, a typical off day, you guys landed. What time did you guys land, you said? Early afternoon? Yeah, it was about noon. Restaurant, and then uh, what are the plans tonight? Uh, right now, I'm at, the, I'm at a restaurant. I'm having uh, sushi, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just going to stay cool, you know, because we have a game... Saturday, so we have to uh, to take care of ourselves. We don't know yet who's going to play, but still, you know, we have all we all have to be ready. So I'm just taking care of my body, you know. Uh, the tra- the playing 90 minutes and then you're traveling and everything. It's it's hard, but this is part of our job, and we have to be ready. Uh, like I said, points points at home. It's really precious, and we don't want to we don't want to give up any points at all. That's a great point. The fact that you guys didn't get the result you were hoping for against Toronto at home. How much more is this a must-win situation? Oh, it's big. It's big. We didn't get points uh, against Toronto, and uh, we we only had one point uh, on the road against New York. I'm not gonna lie. We we're, we're not going. Uh, we, we didn't go in New York to get one point. For sure, we're happy to get one point. The the, the way the, the the game was going, but then, you know, if we can get three points, that's always been our, our objective. Uh, but no, yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely a must-win, uh, must-win game against Colorado, but uh, don't worry, we'll be ready. Uh, Vandril, uh, Eric Miller uh, coming to town, a former teammate, a guy uh, you played alongside for a number of years. Um, what's your approach when uh, old teammates come to town? Do you get in their ear right away? Do you maybe bang them around a little bit if he ever gets next to you? Uh, you, you, you chew, not chew his ear off, but you talk his ear off? Nah, I don't, we, don't, we don't talk much about the game. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy that, uh, especially uh, Eric, you know, Eric was in the one of my uh, good friends uh, in the team when, uh, when he was there. So I have a really good relationship with, uh, with him. He's a smart guy. So now we're not going to talk much about the game, you know, just good luck before when, uh, when we met each other in the, in the corridor before going in the pitch. But then it's more about how you're doing, what, what about your life, what, uh, what about the projects and everything. It's more about that. I know you're a big hockey guy, Vandril. Uh, of all the teams remaining, Stanley Cup pick? I think uh, maybe I'm going to surprise people there, but I think the Stanley Cup will go back in the East this year, and I will I will put my money on the the Caps. Oh, nice! I like it. I had them going to the finals against the Ducks, though, and uh, well, we know how that turned out. Yeah, Vandril, I'll let you get back to uh, to your sushi. I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. Vandril Lefebvre, Montreal Impact defender, the guy who's uh, stepped in, done a really great job. Uh, kind of uh, taking Victor Cabrera's spot uh, in the 11, at least for uh, for one game. And uh, he did well. Uh, not easy to go on the road and uh, and get a result. The impact, you know, wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always entertaining either. But uh, through the magic of Drogba setting up Dominic Oduro, all things are possible. You can chime in a number of different ways here on the impact this week. Take your phone calls, 514-790-169. You can tweet us at Joey Alfieri at Impact This Week. When we come back, a very, very special guest. 
It's Grant Needham finally going to show up for some work. We're going to ask him, what can the Impact do to kind of get the offensive Jets going? You're listening to the Impact this week on TSN 690. Well, if you're going to get one shot on target, make it in the 90th minute. Dominic Oduro with his third of the season. A brilliant ball played in by by DJ Draws, but Dominic Oduro crashing the first post. Gets the first one there, little flick in the back of the net, and Montreal could steal a point here and get out of New York City undeserving, but they'll take it. And steal a point they did. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, Grant Needham will join us in a moment. But uh, I will, uh, I've thrown it out there on Twitter, just asking people if they're concerned about the uh, last two performances from the Montreal Impact. Of course, a 2-0 loss to uh, Toronto FC at home and then a uh, 1-1 draw yesterday at uh, Yankee Stadium, New York City. Uh, At Joey Alfieri via Twitter, uh, John B. chimes in. Very concerned about ability to give quality service to Piatti and Drogba. I would agree with that. This is a problem. Very concerning... uh, no, there's no cohesiveness going forward, and, and I know I like the the attempt at, at switching it up with the uh, formation wise. It just to me, I don't know if it was the small field, but it just it, it didn't work. Uh, Brian uh, chimes in. No, it's a long season in a league of vast parity. There will be ups and there will be downs. Carm says the secret is out on how to beat the impact. They need some midfield help going forward. Gee, the secret's out already. What are we like eight games in here? It wasn't a it wasn't a great secret if it only took eight games to figure it out. Uh, Anthony Mancini says he's concerned. They need another striker. Drogba can't do it alone, and Donadell is the only one who could uh, who could feed the ball. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Grant Needham is joining us. I'm not sure uh, why he's not here. Grant, uh, why don't you tell the people why you decided to skip work tonight? Well, because I was working, Joey. Really. Got to pay the bills. Ah, Got to pay the bills. Okay. And uh, is it uh, soccer school related? It is soccer school related. Doing one of my uh, private sessions again, uh, 637, 730, 730, 830. And uh, just got off the field and would love to have been in studio with you. But uh, to answer your question that you just asked, yeah. I am concerned. I am so concerned. am I, Grant. I'm concerned because of how the team is playing. Not so much that they don't have the talent. It's more long, you said the word, cohesiveness, chemistry going forward. There doesn't seem to be any. And the last two games showed me that they are not quick enough in the midfield. They might have guys that can be on the ball and they're, they're, when given time, can pick places out. But when they're defending under pressure, other teams are more athletic, quicker in the midfield, and it showed in the last two games. Uh, Grant, I mean, look, I don't want to... Listen, we're eight games in. The impact are in first place. I mean, I really don't want to blow this up to, to, to something that it's not. But at the same time, you know, yesterday's performance, I would have written it off if Saturday wouldn't have happened. But the fact that Saturday happened has me a little concerned as well. Uh, Biello tried to change things up yesterday. Uh, what do you think of the idea of going with the four three three at Yankee Stadium? And oh, I like I liked it. But then, liked but it. how do you think it worked? I think it was a disaster. Yeah. I didn't think it worked, and I thought that the changing, uh, you know, say what we will about, you tried something new, and I understand that, and I also understand the mentality of the coaching staff putting new players into, into the game. You need to find out what you have 
eight games into the season, not with eight games left into the season and you're still wondering. So I like the fact that he put new guys in there. I also like the fact that this is a team that found a way to get a point. Totally outplayed. They should never have been in that game. Uh, and they end up getting a point, feeling it, pressure put on. Uh, the changes that uh, Coach Biello made, bringing on the speed, Ontivero comes on, Oduro comes on, and all of a sudden the, ch- the game changed for Montreal. They looked a little bit more dynamic going forward. You know, at every sport, speed kills. And yesterday, with the lineup that they started, they didn't have a lot of pace, and they they suffered for it. But I think that uh, coming away with the point, it's a character point, and uh, they've got to get it right now. Saturday, Colorado comes in. That's a hot team in the. Uh, in the West, it's not the same Colorado of last year. This is a team that knows how to win games. They've got some good players. Jermaine Jones now stepping into the side. So this is a big game for them Saturday. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfirio. Uh, Joey Alfirio, yeah. Joey Alfieri <laughs> in studio. And we have uh, Grant Needham via satellite, via telephone here. Um, Grant, uh, listen, I'm, I'm looking at what happened yesterday in the body of work. And they created absolutely nothing offensively until the free kick. Right at the end, the, the Drogba free kick. And even then, the call on Antivero that earned them the free kick, it's a little soft. Soft? But I also look back at the Caddy runs into the box, get hammered, body check. Yes. Pure penalty. The most, One of the most clear-cut penalties that you could call. And he ends up picking up a yellow they card. They give him a yellow a on yellow top of it. For simulation. How embarrassing is that? And, you know, players, are, the league looks back at players when there's a hard foul and says, hey, This guy is going to be retroactively suspended. They should be looking at referees and poor decisions and throughout the game, and they should be reprimanded missing games as well as players missing games. Because if you're going to bring up the quality of the players of the game and the referees and uh, are not up to par, that's an issue. And I think with that, if that was a penalty, Montreal goes into halftime one nothing. We're having a different conversation. And you know what, Grant? Listen, a defender gives the ball away in the box, and it gets buried in the back of the net. The team loses. What does the defender do? He goes into the locker room, and he's got to answer to the media. I, I, I threw it out there today on Twitter. I really feel the officials should be made available after the game. I want to know what you're thinking in that hey, moment. Joey, I, even, I, I talked to a couple of guys that actually spoke to the referees saying, why did you make that call? And uh, it was one of those, okay, if you didn't think it was a foul, then how do you give the, the dive? Like, how do you give a yellow card for that? And the referee said that he, was, he went looking for, to, for the contact. Of course he does. Well, no kidding. Inside the box. The, the smart striker is you get inside the box, any contact is a penalty. And how that went against Piatti, first of all, how the call went against Piatti is beyond me. And then picking up a yellow card for the effort it was embarrassing how bad that was. No, I, I agree completely. I mean, listen, I like to disagree with you, Grant, but I mean, on this one, I think that it's clear. They, they go into the box, and uh, 13, I mean, even 13, you look he at 13's knew. body language, he, he knew. Of he course he knew. putting his hand up going, that was a penalty. And I, like, almost like, I can't believe I gave that away. Yeah. I, I, they were like, it must have been a big laugh at the end of the game. I, you know what, Grant? The Impact are, are fortunate to go with the one-one draw, but you know what? You can also say that you know they could have had three points, and maybe if it's one-one, uh, they don't give them that call on Antivero at the end to set up the free kick. But I think what we saw is uh, a relatively quiet Montreal Impact squad. But it takes a split second, and the magic of Drogba is the magic of Drogba. Yeah, and I agree with you. But the guy that was really impressive for me was uh, on their side, David Villa is just a oh, handful. Man. 
He gets the ball. He turns. He's not. He is so fearless. He turns and runs at three of the Montreal defenders. They're all scrambling around. He's got so much pace, so much you know the tight control, the ability to get past someone and goes past people. It's unbelievable for a guy that's 35. That you know, if they're, they're paying their DPs 14 million dollars, they should all give it to that one guy. He was he was outstanding, and he's I know outstanding. Every time I see him, Joey, he's been the best player on the field, uh, and you know, there's a reason why. <laughs> he is who he is, and he's been a terror in the in the rest of the world for for years. He's just got all kinds of ability, and he's just uh, head and shoulders above everyone else. And Vendry Lefebvre, who we just had on uh, in, at uh, just after eight thirty, he was talking. I asked him about Via, and he's like, "You know what? I went back. I had to watch a lot of tape, and he was still a handful because the guy is just he's class, and he, he's phenomenal." One of the guys uh, I wanted to get your opinion on, Grant, I know there was a little bit of controversy involving this player uh, last weekend for New York City. Uh, he wasn't in the starting 11 against Philadelphia. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, obviously not the same player, 38 years old, not the same player that I'm used to seeing with uh, AC Milan and with uh, Juventus. What do you think of his body of work overall in the midfield? Well, I actually thought he wasn't that bad. You know, he's, The problem with Pirlo is, is the understanding of the guys around him. He is looking to, he plays that killer ball. He plays that diagonal space. He is just so smooth with the ball that guys around him are not on the same level of, of, of thinking the game for him. So it's tough. He's not physical, so he doesn't have that going for him. He just is, when he gets the ball, he's always in control. He's always looking for the options. And I think that the problem is the guys around him. Also, he's not used to playing at such a physical, you know, physical pace of the game. It's, it's high paced, it's demanding. But I thought actually he was he was not bad from all the knocks he's been taking about not up performing. I thought he was uh, he was pretty good in the midfield for that uh, New York team. And you know what, Grant? The thing is, is Andrea Pirlo is a guy who you know he's very cerebral. He likes to take his time, and and you know he's looking, he spots people out, and on that field. You're not necessarily able to do that because it's time and space. Talk to me a little bit about that field. Uh, obviously, I know you didn't play on it, but from a broadcaster's point of view, I know Rick said it wasn't very good. From a player <laughs> point of view, it's not very good. Just maybe the challenges of, of playing well, on a field like that? It's tough because we, you know, calling the game, you call it from behind home plate and they're playing in center field. And it's really Oof. tough to see the, the calls. And, did you know, there was a controversy. Was it offside the actual New York goal? The first pass was it offside so hard to see from where right. we were that you couldn't call that but it, it's tough and I also think the players have a hard time like a quarter of the field is in the infield of the baseball that sort of makeshift grass put down the ball doesn't bounce the same the turf comes up a little bit they've done a very good job with what they've been given but it's not a soccer stadium it's not a soccer specific stadium and it doesn't play like that and some of the guys were saying sometimes when the ball's in the air you do it does get lost uh, just in the, the where the, the vision of looking around the stadium it's hard to track the ball sometimes but both teams play on that field new york is, has struggled out of the gates that's only their eighth point of the season and uh, you know we talk about being critical on montreal i love the fact that montreal is in first place in the east and people are still critical yeah. that means there is room for improvement and we are not going to accept mediocrity anymore it's we expect championships and i believe that people think and the team thinks and the coaching staff thinks that this is a team that is capable of winning the MLS championship. And that's what people are holding them accountable to. He's TSN 690 soccer analyst Grant Needham joining us on The Impact this week on TSN 690. Grant, before I let you go, you eat anything good out in New York City? We finally went to Rick's place, Carnegie Deli, and all the hype. Okay. 
Yeah. It lived up to the hype. Really? It lived up to the hype. When the sandwich is as big as your head, there's an issue. As big as your head? As big as your head. What was in it? Uh, pastrami, smoked meat, wow. corned beef. It was so big that couldn't finish half. I couldn't eat half of it. What? Yeah. You couldn't was, eat uh, half? I, I, bet, I, bet I bet your so mom then, polished it, though. Well, Moffat ate his, mine, the, the potato latkes. Jeez. The people next to us, he ate their pickles. It was just a machine. He's a machine. Thanks for doing this, Grant, Thanks. and I'll, I'll see you on Saturday. You missed me tonight, didn't you? Absolutely, I did. I've been crying <laughs> during the commercial breaks. Marco Polo's been consoling me. That's uh, all right. We'll see you next week, then. Absolutely. Well, I'll see you Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, guys. Grant Needham, Montreal Impact Soccer Analyst right here on TSN 690. And uh, next time Grant and I are together, we'll be reunited with Rick Moffitt right here on TSN 690. On these very airwaves, we'll have the call for Montreal Impact against the Colorado Rapids at Saputo Stadium. The Impact looking to bounce back at home. And uh, coverage actually begins at 3 p.m. with the pregame show. Kickoff just after 4. We'll have an extended postgame show as well. So that should be a whole lot of fun. I'm actually back tomorrow. I'm doing a hit. Uh, Sean Campbell on the Montreal Forum. We'll be talking impact at 11 tomorrow. So uh, plenty of impact talk between now and Saturday. And obviously we've got you covered right here uh, till the end of the season. Special thank you to our guests, Rick Moffitt, who joined us uh, right off the top of the show. Uh, impact defender Vendry Lefebvre joined us a little bit earlier, talked about a whole bunch of things, including uh, marking David Villa. And a special thank you to our number nine, uh, Grant Needham or uh, our number nine, or the original number nine, Grant Needham. This has been The Impact This Week on TSN 690. Coming up next, TSN 690's got NFL draft coverage. Jared Goff going number one to the Los Angeles Rams. This has been The Impact This Week on TSN 690.